everybody to this new episode of the Women in Technology Spotlight. With me today is Priyanka Follow, who is Client Solution Manager at LinkedIn. Welcome, Pri. Hi, Ranka. Thank you so much and really glad to be here. Mm -hmm. um, I'm here to share my story and again, inspire and I guess uh, motivate whoever is in the hustle like me and just share my journey today. Yeah, thank you for that. I was very impressed with your journey and I'm sure our viewers will be too. So let's just, you know, like kick it off and tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, who you are, okay? Sure, let's let's try to make this in a, in a quick bubble. So <laughs> I, um, I actually um, am Indian and I grew up in India. I spent most of my childhood growing there and I do come from a very traditional family which I would say, you know, again, stuck with the roots is very much like, you know, men play a certain role, women play a certain role. Mm -hmm. And I've seen my mom, you know, herself give into that and who had to choose and be, you know, have a more domesticated life over being able to pursue a career because, you know, she was qualified to, but just mm -hmm. given the household chores and expectations, she had to conform to the norms. Mm -hmm. um, then when she had two girls, she, I think was very set in her mind to make sure that we were independent. We had choices, we had opportunities and we had the freedom to make those choices. Okay. So I think my mom was just, you know, someone who had a plan and just knew how to action it. From the beginning, we were at school. She made sure I had extracurricular activities, classes, whether it was sports, a lot of, you know, my family was like, she's a girl, why is she playing football? Why is she playing soccer? Like, this is not something girls do. But I loved it so much that I continued doing that. Remember, there was a time where um, uh, my family was like, oh, you know, she should be into more classical Indian dancing rather than going for gymnastics. And I was like, well, I really like gymnastics though. <laughs> so it was always the small little things where I realized I always had to fight to do what I wanted to do, which was, you know, differing from the norm. And then as time went by, my mom had a plan in action where she wanted to make sure that the local schooling system in India didn't hold me back from opportunities of going abroad at an early age. So when I finished, um, I would say I was in my eighth grade or ninth grade, uh, mom, you know, fought this battle, make sure that I had the opportunity to put us into an international school. No one knew why. I didn't know why. I was like, why am I doing the additional work? Mm -hmm. But it was all a part of her plan to make sure that once I did that, I would have the opportunity, the grades, the exposure to be able to engage and, you know, make, you know, pay my part apart from what I thought the norm was, because a lot of people will disagree with this. But let's face it, if you're in, you know, when you're from um, growing up in a society, which is still evolving, developing and changing, it's very hard to tell your parents or your family, I want to go pursue a career in arts or for mm -hmm. example, in dance. That's not a thing they encourage, you know? It's, it's not heard of. It's more like you become a doctor, an engineer, something in a medical field, and that's what they, you know, you're supposed to pursue. So I, I was always very creative. I love painting, love drawing, love art. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't use that as a reason to go abroad and study to, you know, you know, hone my skills. So, and I loved econ, love numbers. So I applied for a scholarship at the Hong Kong University and um, got a scholarship. 
Uh, my entire family didn't know I did that. My mom knew I knew. And it worked out. And once I graduated from grade 12, um, everyone was like, oh, what's the plan? So let's start looking for a boy for you. You're, you're supposed to get married by now. I was like, well, I can't even make tea. And I'm like, or isn't the expectation you need to know how to make tea to get married? It's, it's an old joke. But I was like, no, like I got a scholarship. You don't have to pay for anything. And I want to go to Hong Kong. I want to pursue my dreams. I want to go study economics. Mm -hmm. So once I realized that I wasn't a financial burden and I was studying something just very, again, technical, mm -hmm. there was very little room for anyone in the family to say, no, you can't go. No, you shouldn't go. It was more like, oh, she figured it out. <laughs> so that was, I think that was my mom paving the path for me and then me paving the path for my sister because mm -hmm. I was the first girl in the family who went abroad to study. And I come from a big joint family. Mm -hmm. I do have a lot of, you know, cousins. Um, I have one sibling, but a lot of cousins. And, you know, a lot of them are girls. I saw some getting married who didn't want to, but they just have to do it mm -hmm. because, the way it works in Indian families, where you're the older sibling, you get married first. Yeah. And then the one after you doesn't work in the other order. Mm -hmm. So to make sure the others have that right opportunity and chance, you're like, okay, it's your turn now. Yeah, yeah. But I saw them go through that. And once I was able to escape this feeling, this society and that pressure, it was a scholarship that, you know, helped me set sail, helped me fly. Mm -hmm. Once I went there, made a lot of friends, had great professors, you know, trained, learned. And I also, you know, started training and teaching other students who were doing their IBs or IGCSEs and helping them with their tutoring is how I made my pocket money, basically. So I was trying to be as independent as I could so that my sister wouldn't have issues either, trying to leave and pursue her dreams. Mm -hmm. um, but that happened. And once the three years were coming to an end, I started panicking again. I was like, oh my God, what do I do now? Three years sailed by so fast. I had a great time learning, made great friends. And I figured that I was meant to learn. I was meant to go soar. And I can't just go back home and conform to norms. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want someone telling me what to do. I was very opinionated in a way. And I enjoyed being that. Mm -hmm. So the next thing I did was I then was like, I love art school. I didn't do it because I knew I wouldn't be allowed to. So I then applied to Parsons in New York. Again, didn't tell anybody, did it, made a portfolio. And out of nowhere, I got accepted. Wow. And I'm not going to lie, I was in shock because it was the only place I applied to. I was just, it was my dream. And um, after a lot of convincing, going back home for about three months, you know, some break, a lot of convincing my parents that, you know, I really want to do it. For the last three years, I've been surviving on my own. This is the one thing I ask, you know, my family for to let me go pursue. And then I told them I will come back home. Mm -hmm. But once I went to New York and again, I started, you know, tutoring there, making my own pocket money, mm -hmm. saving up as much as I could but learning a lot and the exposure was just so amazing that I valued that every day was something new and there was no pressure. Mm -hmm. I could explore any opportunity I wanted to. If I want to take a part-time course at NYU, I could do that, explore something completely different, maybe study you know, a model on astrophysics. Mm -hmm. And it was just so empowering. Mm -hmm. After that, I graduated and 
when again the clock started ticking and I was like oh you gotta go home now then I was like no I'm gonna find a job it's very unheard of in my family that you're going abroad to study first and then you as a girl want to work now mm-hmm. not very acceptable it's like come back home you'll be taken care of it's all fine but I I just didn't want to do that and I guess for the five years I stayed in the U.S. Um, I did struggle and battle a lot of visa issues primarily, but even finding job was really hard. Just not being American, not having that full opportunity, just being able to work. It's really hard when you have to get that visa verification, get that acceptance, have someone apply for you. Mm-hmm. It's a very tedious process. But I was able to find people, companies who believed in me, trusted me, and I started working in social media. So that was my first job. job. I really enjoyed it, loved playing with numbers. And I realized that was something I thoroughly enjoyed was this combination of something creative in in the digital field. And then the combination of numbers when it comes to the analysis. Mm -hmm. So I think it was at that point that I found I had this aha moment and I felt this is what I love. This is what I wanna pursue. Mm -hmm. I started working and I, I would say I had the opportunity to work with three amazing companies in New York. And then one of them has been so enriching in my life that they gave me the opportunity to move to London with them, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then this year, um, I got recruited by LinkedIn. I reached out to them. Uh, I've been looking, networking. And the primary reason why I did that is that I realized as much as I love numbers, analysis, the creative aspect of the digital field, I really enjoyed engaging and talking to my clients, Mm -hmm. not being that person who just shows up with numbers, but being someone who's more of a consultant, someone who's partnering with them and helping them navigate the weeds. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what's brought me here so far. So it's been a long journey and I'm not gonna deny every phone call that I have back home since the age of 18 to about 28 now. Mm -hmm. The first question my grandparents asked me is that, so when are you getting married? Yeah. Are you ready? <laughs> and the one thing that I laugh about when they say is, you're getting too old. No one's going to want you. <laughs> but they're, they're, you know, they're, again, they're a bit naive. It's coming from a good place, but that just never, never stops. And that's something I accept and I live with. But yeah, that's that's one part of, you know, one part of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can totally relate to a lot of the things you said. It's, uh, I mean, first thing I want to say is your mother is an amazing woman. And I feel happiness and a little bit of sadness because it's obvious that she lost her chance in that whole system, but she made sure that you and your sister had it. And this is so, it's really touching. So, and and the other thing I can really relate to is the fact that um, if you come from a country like India, I grew up in Nigeria, my father's from Nigeria. So there is there are no jobs like, you know, being a painter or a dancer, you go and you study medicine or you study law or something like that. And then that makes it hard if you have other interests, which are just as valid if you live in the West, as we say, um, it's, it's, 
just commonplace that you have a creative side and then you pursue this creative side. But uh, yeah, it's really hard when when you and and I'm really glad that you found a way to to um, you know have this interest and still develop it, but also find a way to to circumvent the whole issue of not being allowed to go to go study that and by by finding something else and being accepted on a full scholarship to the the School of Science and Technology in Hong Kong is amazing. So you must have been a good uh, student as well. So. Oh, I, I'm a big nerd. <laughs> I really am. I really am. This might sound a bit weird, but when I was in high school, um, I did this uh, coding uh, program, which is again was very interesting. I really enjoyed how things were so structured. There was a flow, mm -hmm. and one thing that stuck with me from that class is flow charts. Mm -hmm. And throughout my journey for the last ten years, what I have done is always when I feel like I'm stuck in a position of what's next, mm -hmm. I make a flow chart. <laughs> I make it, I have my options laid out, I have plan A, B, C, mm -hmm. and I feel like that's helped me navigate, come up with the plan, because I know what my destination is, mm -hmm. but I know there's not always one way to, you know, go ahead with it, because mm -hmm. I've had obstacles, and I will have obstacles, mm -hmm. maybe it's from my family, maybe it's from the country I want to be in, work in, visa issues, there's just so many factors and elements, so I think one thing that stuck with me throughout was making a flow chart and sticking with a plan. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. You learned really early that there is, a, you know, there's a goal you want to reach, but then you have to find a path there. And it's not just one specific path. It can be different ones. And also like, you know, this analogy that there is this life plan that your culture has for you, like you say you, you're 18 and you're supposed to marry and you have kids and and you made your own plan and you're still making your own plan. And that's so important to understand that this is your life and that this is your plan to make and you're doing a really great job of it, you know. And um, the thing with your grandparents, I do also feel that so much. My I, my father still asks me, I don't have kids and he still asks me when I'm going to have kids, even though I'm way beyond the age of having kids, you know, it never and ever ends because that is their their plan of life and this is the blueprint and if you don't confirm to that it's really hard i don't know if you uh so the, the one thing that i i tell some of my friends or colleagues i talk to about how different the culture is from where i come over there i'm like i don't know if, if you've ever if, if anyone's ever told you this but i've been told you're never gonna find happiness until you're married and i was like really <laughs> is that a real thing i was like i'm really happy right now <laughs> Yeah. And, and it's a bit sad because um, for, for the people who tell you this, for the men, of course, they don't understand because for them, it doesn't matter because they can go and live their life whichever the way. Yeah. They for the women, I always feel they have to tell you this because if they don't, they realize how much they missed out in life because I'm pretty sure that a lot of them would have found happiness elsewhere as well. So, you know, yeah, there has to be this culture of pressure to make you go into that direction, you know. And no. they just, and, I, and I'm also a little bit disappointed that they pass this on because I'm, I mean, your mother, she realized that there was something else out there and she made sure that you and your sister were able to go elsewhere. But other women just kind of, you know, like give that pressure to the next generation and to the next yeah. generation instead of allowing you to, and, and especially in terms of, of happiness with family, of course, it's it's great to have a family and 
for a lot of people, it's great to have kids, but let's be honest, there are too many people on earth already. There is no immediate <laughs> need to make more. <laughs> oh my God, I thought I was the only one who said that. <laughs> no, you're, you're right about that. I, you know, it's just a personal choice and it's people who are, you know, your family, your support system, just understanding that and, you know, I guess respecting that. Mm -hmm. That is something that's still a very new thing back home at least, and I've realized that. Um, I'm supposed to go back home in like three, three weeks <laughs> for my sister's wedding. And oh, the first question people are like, how is it going to be? You're going to be asked a lot of questions that you're not married yet. I'm like, I know, I know it's not going to be great, but yeah. that's just a fear. And I, no matter how successful I get, no matter how, you know, where I reach or what I'm doing, that one thing is always going to be something for them that I yeah. am not good enough because I haven't done that yet. Yeah. So it's just, I guess, even overcoming that. Yeah. It's then that is really hard. It's hard to keep your self-esteem and, and your center when people um, don't acknowledge how great you actually are because there's this thing, this arbitrary thing that they have decided makes you a woman, you know? And um, yeah, I wish you all the best for that trip home. I really do. Um, yeah, you will have to to endure that. <laughs> all these I will. At a wedding, it's going to be even more difficult. Oh, um, but it should not. It should never. I think one thing we should we have to realize it should never deter us from doing what we want to do. There's so many obstacles anyway, you know, that keep you from going forward. As you said, there's visa issues, there are these issues. It's hard to find a job maybe, or even if you find a job, it might not be what you were expecting. So there's so much that, you know, tears at you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, since we're talking about jobs, I just thought, T tell me a little bit, uh, you said LinkedIn poached you kind of uh, for that job and, and, and um, what are you doing exactly? You're a client solutions uh, manager. Tell us a little bit about that. So actually I had been looking to make this career change for the last few months, I would say mm -hmm. the end of last year. Mm -hmm. And I looked at a lot of companies and you know, I was looking for this change and I reached out to a few of them. Um, I did apply for the position for LinkedIn online, but then again, you know, when you apply for a company, which is a global company, you always think, what are the odds this is actually going to make it? Mm -hmm. And sometimes people are like, uh, I might not be good enough. And sometimes you, you just don't do it. Um, I've done that to myself in the past, but this time I was like, no, I'm going to apply for it. Mm -hmm. I applied for the job and I use the platform itself mm -hmm to reach out to people who work in the company and let them know my interest in it and personally try to connect with them, talk to people in my role and get a reference from within. Mm -hmm. So again, it was just navigating the right way, using tech to my benefit, using the company's you know, connections to my benefit and trying to secure an interview, trying to understand what the company is looking for. And so in my current role, what I do right now is, as you mentioned, I work as a client solutions manager. And so very critical to my role, uh, very pivotal is working with clients who advertise on the platform, mm -hmm. um, be it with the work of advertising for products or for talent, whichever sector it is and helping them figure out what the most efficient, optimal way is, where the opportunities lie, where there's missed opportunity, how the competition's doing. Mm -hmm. And it's not even just advertising, it's helping them navigate content, for example, 
we have an in-house you know content team who works just purely on content and what's working on the platform in your industry so having separate seminars for that for you know for them cater to them specifically working on training them on how to adopt best practices on the platform so it's not just you know someone who's trying to tell them like this is what you should be doing but it's letting them also know how they can do it how we can help them with all the resources that we have so it's again it's playing that consultant part in my role and helping them navigate you know the the platform because it's changing so much every day again there's new things coming up new features and again you know the way the way last year has been everything's been such a disruption on what do you expect to happen what do you think is going to happen and there's so many talks and seminars so again helping them drive those conversations helping them steer those conversations or even participate in those mm -hmm. so again just being them for them when they need us and how they need us yeah so how you just explained what you do shows me that you are how can I say very qualified to do this job? <laughs> and the interesting thing is that you mentioned that uh, when you uh, applied for the job, there was this moment where you thought, uh, what are the odds that they might, yeah. even, should I even um, apply? And that's something that's so common among women, you know, that we feel that we might not be good enough because uh, we have more self-doubts than men. So I, it's amazing that you went past that self-doubt and you reached out to people on LinkedIn and you talked to them. Yeah, so that's, that's really great. And I love the story because it's again, reflects a lot on, on women's, you know, the way we approach uh, our career development and how we approach job listings and all that. So good for you. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I did talk to a few people to help me understand because I did look at what they were looking for and you know look at what I have in terms of experience and I was like do I qualify for this I talked to a few people I was like what do you think if you're hiring for this role this is what they ask for you've known me for the last you know four years you've worked with me what do you think and it was I'm not it was a lot of people who also helped me get that confidence but in the end I realized I knew the answer to this I just was looking for someone else to tell me yeah. And no, you you can nail this role. You can get it. But again, as you mentioned, yeah, women do have that. And it's probably something that, you know, I carry from, again, childhood when I always looked for that. Um, uh, what's the word? Validation, maybe? Yes, looked for that validation. And, you know, it was, I just didn't get from anybody, but just one person in my family. And you look for that validation from your entire support system. Yeah. But I guess that's something I still, you know, I'm working on in this process. But yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but but still, I mean, you know, you know that you needed this, and you reached out to to your support system, and this is also a way to to approach your limitations. I mean, you just have to have tools to work with them until you can do it yourself. So this is just a valid way to to approach this. I think. Um, and, and I think it's so important to understand that if you look at a job listing, um, that it does not matter if you have 100% of the stuff that's, that's listed in there. Yeah. Women tend to think it does matter, but it doesn't, you know. It's uh, more, do you really believe you can do this job or not? And, and most women, unfortunately, doubt themselves too much. So this is, um, yeah. Your story is amazing and also the way you approach uh, difficulties. <laughs> um, and interestingly, we are nearly at the end of our 30 minutes already. I can't believe how time flew. That was fast. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I um, I do want to to uh, dive a little bit into what would you um, recommend if you talk to a young woman in your position, an 18 year old young Indian girl who is being told to get married and she knows she has other dreams and hopes, what, what would you tell her? Well, the only thing I would say, there's only not, there's only not, there's not only one thing actually, but I would say that, you know, people are going to tell you so much stuff throughout growing up, regardless of where you are, who you're surrounded by, not everyone's going to be, you know, in your favor, supporting you, mm -hmm. but you need to know who is your support system, make sure they're close enough. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be noise in the background. And as my mom always said, you got two years take it one and out the other keep what you want inside mm -hmm. but make sure that if you have a plan you know goal in mind mm -hmm. make sure you plan on how achieving it i think that's critical because a lot of people you know they're like i want to do this i want to be this and you know but it's like how are you going to get there do you have a plan in place and having that plan in place makes you understand what this next obstacle what's the next obstacle if this doesn't work, what's plan B? And when you start doing that, each obstacle you overcome just gives you more confidence. Mm -hmm. So when you start initially and you feel like what I'm thinking of is just so far out there, can I even do it? Is that possible? Mm -hmm. Am I thinking outside my scope? Well, at that point, it will seem like it is. But once you start you know, tackling one thing at a time, the, the small successes, the small wins, they matter. Once you start doing that, you'll build that confidence, you'll build that network again, and being able to do so, you will realize midway through that this is achievable. I've made it so far. I'm going to crush this. No one's going to stop me. And once you get that spirit, nothing can stop me. I promise you that. <laughs> Thank you. That, that is very well put. And you touched on all the things that are important and support network that you need, that you have to make a plan, that you should celebrate little wins. And, and just the last question before we end this, I know your mother is obviously your role model and a mentor to you. So did you find other mentors um, along the way? Was that important for you? Um, so my mom, I don't think she still knows what I do. I don't think she knows how to explain what I do, <laughs> but I have found, um, I will say a lot of women mentors, some who are entrepreneur, you know, entrepreneurs, started their own companies, mm -hmm. you know, saw my drive, saw my passion, hired me for it. Some who were my managers directly and who I saw was striving for my success, wanted to push again my promotion, wanted to push my learning. So I've had women who stood by me, who made sure that I knew that there was a plan in place that just because I was a girl, I wasn't going to be put on the back burner. And having that support, again, not just from women, but even men in a lot of instances, which does come as a surprise sometimes, but they are there vouching for you. All you need to do is just show them that, you know, you're hungry, you're, you know, you're passionate and you're driven and you've got what it takes. I think it's just breaking that shell, which sometimes we're, we're afraid to do that because it might seem like I'm a woman, maybe I'm coming off too strong. Yeah. But no, you're not. You're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. And if you were a man, you do the same. Then why not do it when you're a woman? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. so yes, that's what I have to say. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. And I totally agree. <laughs> 
And this is a perfect way to end this session with you. It was amazing. And thank you so much for your time. Um, thank you. I really appreciate this. Again, thank you for, you know, providing this opportunity for myself, this platform. And again, you're doing such a great thing. I wish I had access to this podcast and you know, when I was growing up. <laughs>